0: Hello, and welcome to A Value View from The Merchants Trust. In each edition, Simon Gergel, Fund Manager at The Merchants Trust, offers his thoughts on developments affecting the UK market and what it means for investors. Well, there really is only one story at the moment, and that's, of course, the coronavirus or COVID-19. We're all living through it. It affects us all. And, of course, the crisis has had a dramatic effect on stock markets and the wider global economy. Normally, Simon would join me in the studio, but travel restrictions mean that this edition of A Value View is being recorded remotely. Simon joins us from his home in Barnet, North London. And Simon, welcome.
1: Hi, John. Nice to speak to you.
0: It's great to be speaking to you. Uh, let's talk first about the markets. How have they responded? How does all of this compare to previous market downturns?
1: Well, thank you, John. The first thing I'd like to say is clearly this is a health crisis primarily and our our thoughts and and, uh, uh, sympathies are with everybody affected by this quite uh, major crisis around the world. Um, We clearly are today talking primarily about the implications for the stock market and investment portfolio, but we're very aware that there's something far more important going on out there, which we should always keep in the back of our mind. Having said that, um, I started my financial career in the city of London in 1987, a month before the crash in 87. I've seen the that financial crash. I've seen obviously the global financial crisis. This one is, is quite different. It's, it's a bit more like the financial crisis because there's a huge uncertainty about the duration of this particular pandemic and the impact it's going to have on, on economies. No, During a financial crisis, nobody quite knew what was going to happen and, and how, how long it would go on for. That's the similarity. The difference is the cause in this case is very clear. We know why there's the problem. Governments have had to shut down large parts of the economy in the Western world and in China. Um, and that's having a severe impact on economic growth and the outlook for businesses. We know that we know the cause, but we don't know how long it's going to go on for. Um, and again, it's very different to 1987 when that was primarily a financial market issue. Valuations were too high and they came down, and then the economy was actually okay in 1987. So what's going on? I think the first thing to say to investors out there is when you look at share prices on, on the screen and on the market, you've got to be really careful that you don't necessarily assume that every time a share price shows a level, there are lots of sensible investors taking a view about what the company's really worth and pricing it at that level. So for example, Royal Dutch Shell, which is one of the largest companies in the market, its share price halved in a month till about the middle of March and then went up 40% in the in the subsequent four days these are not normal moves for rational investors taking views on long term share prices what's really going on is that share prices are being moved by huge volume of trading as as investors and uh, fund managers try to change portfolio positioning in various strategies there's a lot of stress in the credit markets and people are unwinding positions and you're seeing program trades or basket trades across hundreds of stocks all happening at once. And so individual share price moves are really quite extreme. They don't necessarily tell you something about what, what the prospects are for that business. Having said that, of course, it's understandable why certain sectors like travel and leisure, like airlines, have been extremely weak. Those in, those businesses are being significantly infected, affected. But there's also other anomalies. Some companies that are relatively defensive in their business shouldn't be too affected have seen their share prices come down a lot. And and other companies that might be more impacted have not performed that badly. So the the market is behaving as it often does with a huge amount of volatility. And I would say that we're not necessarily seeing the correct uh, or an efficient market at all times. The prices on the screen aren't necessarily reflective of the real fundamentals all the time.
0: So it's... Clearly a very volatile picture that you paint there, Simon. In the face of all of this, how have you responded for the Merchants Trust?
1: Yes, well, the first thing to say is back in January, towards the end of the last financial year, because our year end is 31st of January, the directors decided to take some gearing off the table to reduce the borrowing in the trust. We'd we'd had some very strong performance over the not just the last previous year but the previous 10 years, And we felt that valuations were closer to to fair value than they had been. And therefore, it seemed prudent to take a bit of gearing, a bit of the borrowing out of the the trust. And that's clearly been very helpful, given the market has come back a long way. Other than that, what we're doing is we're trying to do what we always do, which is retain a long-term focus. So we're trying to assess what's really going to happen with the economies and the UK, um, UK economy in particular. We're looking at the response of governments and central banks. And then most importantly, we're looking at individual companies and asking ourselves, how will this pandemic, how will this crisis affect their ability to operate, to get people in the factories or to supply their goods? How will it affect demand? And we're seeing wholesale shutdowns of industries like retail and leisure. Um, and how? Uh, but more importantly, how will it affect that in the long term, not so much the short term? And in order to take a long term view on a company, though, you have to understand if it can survive, if its balance sheet is strong enough. And more important today is actually the liquidity. Can the company access enough cash to keep paying its costs, keep paying its people, keep paying um, uh, its rent, and so on, to get through the crisis to the other end? And government policy has been particularly helpful in that. It's quite extraordinary, but we're seeing the government offering to pay 80% of um, employees' wages where those employees have been furloughed, i.e. they've been told to stay at home and and not not work. so we're looking at that for companies and we're trying to say, okay, if this business, which is which we've known for a long time, if this business is going to recover in a two to three year view, and maybe maybe shorter than that, hopefully, and if the balance sheet is strong enough to see through it, is is there a permanent change of behavior in that industry? Will will will, will investors or will customers change their behavior, or will that business carry on and recover to where it was before? And if if all of that is the case, what is the business really worth? And in many cases you've seen share prices down 40 50 60 or even 70 percent from where they were whereas you might be talking about a one to two year impact on the business so providing a businesses can survive and get through this and recover there could be some great opportunities. so we're looking through the portfolio at that we are taking advantage of some of the um, opportunities we see in the market for companies that have that have uh, fallen too far but equally we are reducing some other positions where we have Concerns about the the long term impact on that industry, whether whether people's attitudes to using those services might change. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not an investor in the airline industry, but you could totally understand that the amount of business travel might not just be effective for the next year, but it might take several years before companies send as many people around the world as they have done in the past. Um, so those are the types of things we're looking at. If you give some examples. In, in areas that we think might be quite resilient, like the, um, the tobacco sector, valuations look extra, extraordinarily attractive. So we've, we've added some investments there. The oil sector has been particularly hard hit because of the oil price collapse at the same time. We think that has been overdone. Um, and there have been other areas where we've taken some money out, such as in the financial services area where we have uh, reduced one. We've sold one position.
0: So more broadly, Simon, we're seeing some dividend cuts elsewhere. What's your strategy in this respect?
1: Thanks, John. We are seeing a number of dividend cuts in the market, as you say, and we saw this in the financial crisis as well. Um, The first thing to say is Merchants Trust takes the whole area of dividend and income extremely seriously. We have grown the dividend every year for 37 years. It's a key priority of the directors. And we started in, in a good position. So our 2019 Results showed a dividend that was well covered by earnings. We have significant reserves of dividends, about a year dividend in reserves. And those reserves have been used in the past by the directors to keep dividends growing at a time when income coming in in the portfolio might be under pressure, such as during the financial crisis. Now, hopefully this recession or this uh, this pandemic will be shorter lived than the financial crisis in terms of the long-term impact on dividends from companies. We feel it should be a one-year, maybe... 18 month affair, and then companies should start to return back to normal. The portfolio is very well diversified, both geographically, but more importantly by industry. So a large chunk of the income in the portfolio comes from sectors such as utilities, tobacco, pharmaceuticals, and and areas where the dividends look more secure. Um, We also have the ability to reorientate the portfolio over time, to move to companies which are paying uh, stronger dividends or more reliable dividends or companies with stronger balance sheets. So there there are plenty of things we can do to manage through this type of scenario. We have been here before, but we are monitoring it very closely. We are seeing a lot of stress in particular sectors such as retail, leisure, um, and and consumer areas generally. And so we are not at all um, uh, sanguine about this, but we are keeping a very close eye on it. Now,
0: Simon, of course, this podcast, A Value View, has long championed the value investor. What does all this mean for value investors in the long term? Can investors see anything good come out of the, the crisis that we're currently in now?
1: Yes, well, I think it's important. We, we, we stress once again, we're talking about the financial issues here because clearly this is a major health crisis and, and, and people are suffering. But from an investment point of view, there are naturally opportunities that are thrown up by these types of dislocations in markets. We went into the financial crisis with actually quite a wide dispersion in the market between what were perceived to be high-quality companies on very high ratings, and and when I say perceived, they're not all necessarily uh, reliable or or defensive businesses, and what were seen as more value, more more lower-quality businesses more generally, which were on extremely low ratings. And if anything, this crisis has exacerbated that. You've seen companies in, in pharmaceutical sector, in some of the food producing sectors, which are seen as high quality, those shares have performed much, much better than the broader market, which, is, which has created some extreme opportunities. Many of the companies we're looking at have fallen 50% or more from where they were. And if this is a one-year, possibly a two-year impact on their business, and the companies can get through it, then you should not be taking 50 or 60% off the value. Of a company, typically, in, in terms of their fair price, so we are we are seeing a huge number of really interesting companies that we might want to buy over time for the trust, and we're working through scenarios in detail on individual businesses on sectors to to take advantage of that. In the short term, value investing has has been difficult in this particular environment, as is often the case in a period of stress, but the opportunities that are created by it can be very long-lasting for investors. So if if investors are able to take a long-term view and look through this, I think there are some some significant opportunities.
0: Now, a week is a very long time for anyone in this crisis, and it was certainly more than a week ago that the Chancellor delivered his budget to the Commons. Has the COVID-19 crisis, Simon, all but made the Chancellor's budget irrelevant?
1: Yes, John, I think it has, really, because although there were important aspects of the budget, such as the commitment to infrastructure spending, what we've seen subsequently has has transformed the outlook for the economy and for the government spending. So, for example, the government's decision to pay 80% of workers' salaries where they are, employers' salaries where they're furloughed and not working, the commitment to pay all the rates for many retail businesses, the commitment to defer VAT. And other other aspects, other items, other tax bills, are, are massively important to keep the economy going, and, and do supersede what came out of the budget. But we do welcome these moves. The economy needed uh, needs a lifeline, and both from the government and from the Bank of England in terms of making sure there's plenty of liquidity in the system. These are really important measures which do make the budget a bit out of date after a few weeks.
0: Now, of course we're all adjusting to the restrictions that COVID-19 forces upon us, every family in the country. How are you dealing with the situation personally, Simon? How is it affecting you?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think we're all getting used to working from home, trying to get a bit of fresh air when we can. Uh, the good thing is our, our systems, we're a global business, alliance, global investors. we have people all over the world. We are used to dealing with remote locations, all our trading goes through um, goes through Frankfurt, all our compliance department are online. All of us have the capability to work from home and, and carry on functioning, as, which is obviously very important. So personally, it's, 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 a, it's a big change. I think we're all gonna get used to working at home and, and spending a lot of time with our families and that, <laughs> that's gonna lead to different stresses and strains from commuting and spending time with colleagues. Um, and getting used to a different environment, but we can continue to function operationally in the business, which is the critical, critical aspect. And so, investors and, and shareholders should not see any change in the way the trust is being run, apart from obviously the volatility in the market, which is which is uh, causing share prices to move around uh, every day quite significantly. So, Simon, finally,
0: what? changes can we expect to see when all of this is over we're in the early stages of course of the crisis now there's no immediate uh, out that we can see but we do know there will be an out like there has been for every other crisis that we've faced what do you think will be different when we come out of this how do you think it will affect the way that we all think about how we work how we invest
1: this is a really important question and when we look at companies, one of the first questions we're asking now apart from the strength of the balance sheet and liquidity is what is going to happen long term to this industry now that people have had a very different experience so for example business travel exhibitions, areas where people which industries which involve people getting together and and doing things they are having to adapt people people are having to adapt their behavior and they may just get used to working in a different environment so I think we could see. For quite a long time, an impact on business travel uh, and coming, it may come back at a significantly reduced rate to so the growth rate that was it was seeing before. Similarly, exhibitions, similarly, home shopping, the people buying food, getting it delivered to home, even if they didn't try it before, didn't use it before. I think the demand for home delivery of food and other items might might have taken a step up from where we are. I think there's one positive if you like about this crisis in terms of the timing if this had happened 10 years ago I think many people would have struggled to work from home in the way they can now Uh, broadband speeds were much lower many many people didn't have broadband connections Uh, telephone systems were far less sophisticated I mean my children are are doing their homework in touch with the rest of their class from their bedrooms which is something that wasn't thinkable probably even five years ago let, let alone 10. So the timing of this crisis, if there's anything good about it, is that people are able to communicate and do their jobs in many cases in ways that were unthinkable a decade ago. And I think this will change the, the, the way people approach their, their work and, and how, how they work and where they work. So we need to think about demand for office space in the medium to long term. Um, but I think people ultimately are social animals. Human race is, is a social, social creature. And people will want to get back out there and meet other people and, and spend time with other people and share ideas. And even though we're doing this over the phone and communicating, it is important that we get together and, and meet every now and then so that we can really improve our dialogue. And I think communication, a lot of communication is body language and visual clues. It's not all about voice. So you can't do everything from home, but I think we can do we can do a lot. So yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I think certain industries will see a big change. Many others will not. And that's something we are grappling with um, as we speak, really, trying to work that out all the time.
0: Well, that's an upbeat way to finish this interview, Simon. We're out of time. Uh, Thank you very much indeed. And thank you for joining us from uh, your home in North London. And thank you for listening to A Value View from the Merchants Trust, where we bring you topical news affecting UK equity markets and you can find out more about the Merchants Trust by going to merchantstrust.co.uk. From all of us at the Merchants Trust, stay safe and stay well.